Romans 15, verse 22 through 33, we're going to be in today. So verse 22. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Forgive me, let me open this on my Bible app here. Verse 20, what did I say, 2? There we go. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and that you may be refreshed together with you. Now, the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the blessings and duties of Christian fellowship. The blessings and duties of Christian fellowship. So as we've been going through the book of Romans, we've called our study through Romans the the. Romans Revolution, and we do believe that as you study, especially the first eight chapters of Romans, and understand the grace of God, that will be revolutionary in your life, revolutionary in understanding the grace of God in justification, understanding the grace of God in sanctification. The same grace that saves us is the same grace that sanctifies us, right? Very important to understand that, and then you begin to understand God's great favor toward you as a believer. You have tremendous favor with God. As we sang this morning, we're meeting him at the altar. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that this week, about how we meet the Father at the altar, at the altar of the cross, right? That's how we come, and that's where God meets us. He doesn't meet people anywhere else. You, there's only one way to Jesus. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way to fellowship with God, and it's through the cross, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. So I have great favor with God because that's the whole 
focus of my life is the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And guess what? That's the Father's focus is the person and the work of Jesus. So we're meeting right there at the altar. And so I have favor with God. God is pleased with me that I understand the cross, that I focus my life on the person of Jesus Christ. God's very pleased with his work on uh, through the cross. He did a great work there. He poured excuse me that he he poured his wrath that that should have been upon me he poured it on Jesus and now I have favor with God because of what Jesus did not because of my works not because I'm holy that's where I love to hang out I love to meet God at the altar because I I have power with God there I have favor with God and all the glory goes to him. All the glory goes to him. So this is the Romans revolution, guys. There, there's power in our life, not because I'm a super spiritual Christian and I'm so disciplined and I'm so holy. No, it's because of what Jesus did. And I meet God there and his power flows and I see him. I'm free from sin. I begin to have the attributes of Jesus Christ because I'm meeting God where, where God has done this amazing work uh, of dealing with our sin and reconciling us to himself. That's the Romans revolution, learning how to walk in that daily. So we have grace, we have power, we have favor with God. Then as a result of understanding those, those truths and walking in them, then what, what's our response? Romans 12, we give ourselves back as a living sacrifice to God. There is a duty. There is a calling. It's just not, oh, I punch my ticket for heaven and I go on and I do my own thing. Man, it's a, it's a calling. It's a narrow path. It's take up your cross and follow Jesus. And it's a privilege, but it is a life of sacrifice and service. And that's what we see in the rest of Romans. We see people who are called to give themselves as a living sacrifice and serve the Lord with all of their hearts and, and that service then is shown to be in the body of Christ. See, that's, that's where we are supposed to be spending a lot of our time. That's what I'm going to talk about today, fellowship, the blessings and the duties of Christian fellowship. And through this section, we're going to see Paul talk about fellowship and the importance of it. As we look at some of his plans, as he's closing out the letter of Romans, he's discussing his plans and how he wants to visit the Roman church. But we're going to see in that section of Scripture, in those plans, principles about fellowship that I want to talk about today. So we know fellowship is, is very, very important. See, in the last couple chapters of Romans... It's talking about church life. So he's, he's saying he's laid out the grace, how you're to live with God and walk with God. And, and then he says you're to give yourself a living sacrifice, but you're, you're, you're to serve the Lord in the church. Use your gifts and learn how to get along with one another, right? We've been talking about that. Paul ta- spends a lot of time because you can be offended by people in the church. You, you can... You can withdraw from the church because you're not getting what you need and, and, and you could be hurt. And all those things are legitimate. But 
God's calling us to work through those things, to be able to forgive other people, to be able to invest our lives in Christian fellowship, in the unity of the body, learning to get along with people. And it's such a dangerous thing to isolate ourselves. Do you know Christians who do that? We all do. Or I don't go to church, they say. Uh, I don't think you need to go to church. Uh, they have kind of their own doctrine they've, they've made up. Because what happens when you isolate yourself? Well, you're like that sheep outside of the flock. And what happens to a sheep that's not in the flock? He's in danger. The wolf comes and can kill, steal, and destroy that vulnerable sheep that's on its own. He has no protection. And how does the devil attack those isolated ones? With deception. And you'll notice that when you talk to somebody who's isolated themselves from the body of Christ, and they say, oh, I'm a Christian, and you start to talk to them about their belief system, and you're like, whoa, dude, you got some weird ideas because you've isolated yourself from, from the body of Christ. So you, now you know how to pray for that person. Say, Lord, bring that lost sheep in, Lord. Oh, I can see that they're deceived. Now, see, you're going to be an agent of change for that person. That, that you've encountered, that lost sheep. And there's a responsibility I think we have, right, as, as believers, as have our radar up for those around us who, who are believers that aren't in fellowship, and we then begin to pray for them. So the, ice, the, the danger of isolation, but, you know, the, the beauty and the blessings of Christian fellowship Man, I tell you, I don't understand people who criticize the church because uh, I find the most awesome people in church. I just do. I mean, I look at you guys, and I can probably look at most of you here that God has used to speak into my life. And when God does that, when God uses you to speak to me, I never look at you the same. I, I, there's kind of a sense of awe, like God Almighty spoke through you to, to my life. That's an amazing thing. And I'm always amazed how, you know, God would use me to, you know, as a tool to speak into somebody's life. And, 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 and yet it's a beautiful thing, right? That's what a lot of times fellowship is. It's like, hey, bro, what, what's the Lord been speaking to you? And, and you start to share with me. I'm like, wow, that, that's just what I needed to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And and my, my esteem for you goes up. It's like, wow, you, God spoke through you. And there's a love, right, that connects us. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and I feel sorry for those who don't have that. And, you know, I, I could just tell you stories of different churches I've been in. And when you really give yourself to fellowship and get involved with the people, of course you're going to have people step on your toes. And um, I hate to even say this, but stab you in the back. It, it can get, you know, it can get hard sometimes it happens but i'm not gonna let that keep me from receiving the blessings right i'll pull that knife out and lord heal me up and let's get on with it you know i'm not gonna withdraw oh you know those people in the church are so terrible that's a rare thing right the stab in the back it's uh mostly just god's people coming together and and uh worshiping and and encouraging one another man we need encouragement as that that verse from hebrews you know we're in the last days do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren as is the habit of some uh, as you see the day approaching right even more important now this is not a condemnation for those 
who are struggling to get into fellowship because of their work situation, right? Uh, these things that I want to go through and talk about fellowship and different aspects of fellowship, it's more of a prayer target for ourselves and for others, right? It's not a condemnation thing. And, and as we, we examine our lives and we ask ourselves questions about these principles of fellowship, it's a, it's a point where we can say, Lord, yeah, I can see that I've kind of uh, fallen short in that area of fellowship. Would you please help me and begin to pray about it and begin to pray for others? And, and also, what we're going to talk about today, these, these nine principles of fellowship, we're going to move quickly through them, but it is very much tied into what God is doing in this church, I believe, right now. What the Lord is stirring in my heart, in the leadership's heart, and what we're working toward and praying toward is so much uh, related to, to fellowship. And, and I'll just quickly tell you, you know, what I felt the Lord putting in my heart as I've been praying about, Lord, what is the direction for the church? We, we have, you know, we all work full time. We have, <laughs> we're spread very thin. We, we can't waste time just doing something because other churches are doing it or because we've done this in the past. We need to hear from God. God, what do you want us to do? And I guess God has brought me to that point over 12 years of being a pastor where you kind of just get worn out and you're like, okay, I, I, I got to just do what you're calling me to do, Lord. I can't handle anything else. And the Lord says, oh, good. I've been trying to get you to, <laughs> to this point, you know, to finally wear you out to where you'll just listen to me. So one thing I've really felt the Lord saying, Rick, you got to kind of look at your life as these circles moving outward. Like, you know, you, you got to be, you know, you think about human relation. Well, your first relationship with God, that's got to be tight. You got to have a huge priority on your relationship. But then, you know, think about your wife and then your family, and then the circle moves out. Then I think about the leadership in the church, and then I think about the church, and then I think about, you know, others, um, other influences I have, maybe work situations where I can minister. So, praying and saying, Lord, I want to have my priorities right in all those relationships. So re related to our church, the Lord's really shown me now, see, with the leadership of the church, we need to be close. We need to be spending time in fellowship. We need to be praying together and ministering to one another. And I really believe where the Lord has us going is to, to come to a place where we can have some more small groups where what you call them home Bible studies, whatever you want to call them. But we're going to start doing that with the leadership uh, beginning in January where we're going to meet every week and probably be, you know, two to three months, maybe longer, where it's going to be kind of a home Bible study setting, but where we're seeing not only Bible teaching going on, but ministry to one another, right? And really hearing the heart of one another, like um, what, what's going on in your life? You know, what, what, what are you, how are you hurting? You know, and we did this on a Wednesday, you know, Bill kind of prompted that on a, on a Wednesday service we had a few weeks ago where Bill just said, Hey guys, let's just share maybe something that the, the, the biggest thing in our life that is, 
were really hurting. And that was really a beautiful thing. And, and we've been doing that in the leadership as well. And so you get to know one another. You get to, I mean, isn't it crazy? We could be spending time around one another and not really know the, the two or three things that are the big burdens in your life. And I, we don't even know about it. And wouldn't it be good, though, to know that about, you know, five or ten people around you in a small group where, where you're, you're getting to know them, what their weaknesses are, what their struggles are, and you're praying for them. That's, of course, the biggest thing. And, and then you're offering encouragement as the Lord leads. And so that's what I'm, I'm telling you guys that in, in terms of fellowship and the vision for this church. Please pray, be praying for us as leaders because what we want to do, then from that, those small group, that small group setting of the leadership, then those leaders begin to lead their own small groups where you guys in the church can, can come into those small groups and, and experience the same kind of intimacy and ministry. So quickly, we're going to go through these nine principles of fellowship. So verse 22, Romans 15, Paul says, for this reason, I have, for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. So number one, what is your hindrance to fellowship? Hindrances to fellowship. This, for this reason, I have been much hindered from coming to you. Paul wanted to go to the Roman church. He wanted to minister to them, but there were hindrances. And I, I would just ask you to ask yourself this question. You know, what, what is hindering you from being more faithful in, in fellowship? You know, it's interesting, my daughter and I, Samantha, have been working on a, on a calendar for the church and just really feel it's important for us to, to kind of coordinate all the different events, you know, all, a lot of different meetings I'm having, meetings with leadership, uh, meetings with the church, and I'm realizing as we kind of put everything on one calendar, like there's a lot going on in even our little tiny church. And there's a lot of opportunity for people to come and fellowship. And, that, and we want to make you guys more aware of that as we develop this calendar and publish it uh, publicly for you guys to, to have access to. But, um, but think about, you know, there, there could be many opportunities to fellowship, but what's hindering you? from fellowshipping regularly. And that's just something for you to pray about, to, to say, to, to look at your own life. Are, are things out of priority in your life? Are you, um, well, again, may, it could be something that uh, it's, not, it's not something you desire, like work. Uh, Gary and I were talking about this this morning. You know, they, they love to come on Wednesdays. We love to have them. He hasn't been able to because of their work schedules. And so we, we were praying this morning, Lord, change things for his work schedule that, that he, he's able to come and fellowship. Him and Sandra are able to come and fellowship. So it's not like they're, you know, staying home and watching TV on Wednesday night. You know, it's like, no, they want to be here, but they have things that are hindering them. So be encouraged to pray and that God can help you to overcome uh, those hindrances. Okay, number two, 
desiring to fellowship. Number one was hindrance to fellowship. Number two, desiring to fellowship. Verse 23, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. I'm always amazed at Paul's desire to be with God's people. And again, I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves and and sort of examine our own hearts. Do I even have a desire to be with God's people? And if you don't, there's something wrong in your heart. And I think, you know, again, we're getting an insight into the heart of Paul in these closing words of Romans. Last week, we talked about uh, Paul's uh, ministry principles as he was sharing his heart about ministry. We picked up all kinds of great things to learn about serving the Lord in ministry. Today, we're, we're reading this section and we're seeing, wow, look at Paul's heart and the, the way he wanted to, to, to fellowship with these people. He wanted to minister to them, but he was hindered, but he had this great desire. So I would, I would just challenge you this morning, if you don't have a, a great desire to be with God's people, begin to pray and ask the Lord to give you that desire because it's important. I think, you know, you look at the life of Jesus. Did he love to be with God's people? Did Paul love to be with God's people? Was there great desire? And again, it could be we have greater desires for other things that that God wants to change. He, he wants to rearrange our priorities. So that's something to pray about. Do we have the desire to fellowship? Number three, helped by fellowship. Verse 24 Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be help and to be helped on my way there by you, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. So the point I want to talk about there is uh, being helped by fellowship. See, when we're in Christian fellowship, we're hanging out with other believers, we're spending time, we need to admit when we need help. And this is what Paul is doing here. He's saying, I'm, my plan is to go to Spain. I'm going to stop by Rome on the way to Spain. And I'm, my hope is that I can be helped on my way, on my way to Spain. You can help me, Roman church. You can help me in my ministry. Wouldn't that be great to be a part of Paul's ministry, to be able to, hey, Paul, let me help you, man. Let me give you some money. Let me give you some directions. I don't know. I was thinking when I read this how guys, we don't want to ask for help, guys, right? We don't want to ask directions. Of course, you really don't have to anymore with GPS. But um, I was just at an event uh, Friday. I got to go to the uh, a practice for the air show over at Alliance Airport. And uh, this couple came up to us and was asking for uh, directions, you know, ask, well, where is this tent, you know, uh, in, in, on, on the, uh, in the airport there? And, well, of course, it was the woman asking, and the guy was just kind of standing there looking nervous, like, why are we asking? We don't need, I don't need help, you know. And I thought, yeah, that's so typical. And I said, I have no idea. Just walk over there, and you'll find your, you know, your place. But um, we don't like to ask for help. But it, that's part of fellowship is admitting we need help. We need prayer. It may even be financial help. And you maybe you have such a relationship with people that they can ask for help. Or, or you've got your radar up as a believer to see 
where somebody needs help. You're in a conversation and they're like, hey, my car just broke down. And you're like, oh, you know, and maybe you have the gift of giving. Hey, I want to help you. That's like with Stephen Blancett. I've told him, Stephen, we want to help you. So you ask me when you need help. And and he did. And so we're going to support him every week at, at this, as long as he's in this program. And I, I consider that a privilege. So Paul asked for help. So help in fellowship, often in the context of fellowship, we can either ask for help or offer help. Number four, enjoying fellowship. Again, verse 21, look at the, verse 24, look at the, the last part of that verse. He says, if I, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. Paul enjoyed fellowship. He, he desired fellowship, but he enjoyed hanging out with God's people. Have you ever, you know, been in, you're just in a mood. You're like, I just don't want to be around people. I just don't want to be, you know, I just don't want to go to church. Look, we've all probably felt like that, but I, I just got to tell you over the years, more and more, I, I just I just love being with God's people. Like even if I'm going to take a Sunday off and, and Larry's going to preach and he's like, well, you know, unless I'm sick or, or one of these other guys are going to preach, or they're like, you're going to take the day off. It's like, no, I want to be there. I want to be with God's people. I really do. I mean, it's to me, I enjoy hanging out with you guys because I think you're awesome. I, I mean, God speaks through you to me. Why wouldn't I want to be around that? And I'll tell you, for me, my best memories in life are in being around God's people. I think about when we moved here and we started going to Calvary Chapel, Arlington, that little church, I I have so many great memories there of just that, I mean, how, how they opened up their homes to, uh, you know, hospitality ministry. I remember the, the Warrens, how we would, I mean, like the first couple weeks we were there they kept inviting us over to their house and I was like how come you guys keep inviting us over to your house you know like we like you and that ministered to me I needed that you know and the Lord told me that church he he was gonna heal the broken heart of there he was doing some healing in me but just hanging out with God people Paul enjoyed that enjoying fellowship number five provision in fellowship Verse 25 and 26, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. So Paul, this is amazing to me. Now, Paul is taking this gift from the church in Macedonia and Achaia, and he's traveling to Jerusalem to give them this gift because the the Jerusalem church was struggling. There was poverty. There was need. See, back then, you couldn't just um, transfer money on your phone. Like right now, in our family, you know, I just go onto my app, you know, somebody says, hey, Dad, I need some money, or hey, I'm shopping over here. Can you send me some money? Bam, bam, bam! I do it in a couple seconds, or or they're sending me money. Praise the Lord, you know, for uh, for whatever their phone or yeah, praise God. So, but but that back then you couldn't do that. It, it like he literally had to take this offering to the the church in Jerusalem, and you know it's interesting. You know, provision and fellowship, in other words, giving to one another. 
having your radar up, and I kind of talked about that earlier, for needs around you. And maybe there's a tension between you and another person, and you want to try to meet a need in their life. That's what was happening here. There was a tension between Paul and the Jerusalem church. They were very conservative. They didn't fully understand this message of grace that that Paul was was giving, and they tended to be, you know, because of their Jewish background, more legalistic. And there were a lot of rumors flying around. And I think Paul wanted to personally go there. Of course, he could have sent somebody else. He wanted to personally go there and give them this gift to show them, hey, I love you guys. You know, I care about you. Don't believe these rumors. And so think about that in fellowship, right? How can I bless someone else? How can I meet their need? Uh, maybe there's someone, there has been tension in your relationship. And, and Lord, maybe I can bless them in some way, financially or, or another way. Provision and fellowship. Number six, debtors in fellowship. Verse 27, it had pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So there's, there's obligations that we have in fellowship, really. We have obligations to the body of Christ. We have the blessings of fellowship. But we also have duties. And Paul is saying here, no, the, the Gentiles are actually debtors to the Jews because the gospel came out of the Jewish culture, right? Jesus was a Jew. The, uh, so the... Gentiles were debtors. And so, you know, this is something to think about in our lives. You're, you're, you're being ministered to by someone. There is a sense of being indebted to that person, either financially or, or another way, to think that, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're maybe paid a price in their lives to bring you the message, you need to be aware of that. So number seven, faithfulness and fellowship. Verse 28, therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed it to them, sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of Spain to you. Now notice Paul, he says, I'm going to perform it and I'm going to seal it. Basically, Paul is just saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to see this thing through. I'm, I've talked about doing this, and my intention is to perform it and to follow it through. And I, and I like that about Paul, that he's not just talk, but he's going to perform what he has committed to. So when we sign up for something, in, you know, a, a meeting at the church or to serve in the church, it's easy to sign up, but it's it's tougher to actually follow through and show up, isn't it? And, and because those hindrances are going to come, the devil doesn't want us fellowshipping. And yet we look at the price that Paul paid here to minister to others. Back in that day, it was very difficult to travel. And yet Paul wanted to perform it and seal it. So he was faithful in his fellowship. And then number eight, we see faith and fellowship together. Verse 29 but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. When we come to fellowship together, we should come, you know, prayed up, as it were. We should come full of expectation. 
Like, God, I, I, I expect you're going to use me to minister in the body of Christ. Paul said, when I come to you, I know I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Paul expected that God was going to bless his fellowship. So he had faith, faith in, along with fellowship. We should be praying for one another. We should pray the Lord gives us faith that when we come together and meet, God is going to do something. Number nine, prayer and fellowship. And there's five kind of sub points under this that we're going to go through quickly. Verse 30, now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. So, Notice, uh, well, as we talk about prayer and fellowship for a minute, uh, number one, prayer, re- prayer request intensity. So notice Paul says, I beg you <laughs> to pray for me. He, Paul knew he needed the prayers of other believers. Paul was not a lone ranger. That's a good thing to say, hey, man, pray for me. I- I'm you know, I'm ministering over in this area or, or I feel called to do this, but I, I, I really need your prayers, bro. Could you just pray for me right now? And, and yet Paul reminded them, you know, do it through the, through the spirit of Christ. He says, brethren, when you pray, let it be through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit. You know, that grace that Paul is reminding them of, number two, praying in the spirit of Christ. So number one, prayer request intensity. I beg you, uh, and and that you, notice there it says that you strive together with me in prayers. So you're praying in the spirit, but that doesn't mean, well, God, you're doing all the work. There is a, there is a striving in prayer. That word in the Greek is like uh, agony. It's the same word when Jesus prayed in agony in the garden, so you see that intensity of prayer coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's when we're going to see results. You strive together with me in prayer. And then number three, prayer for deliverance. Verse 31, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So Paul again, is not a lone ranger. He's asking for prayer, for deliverance, for a difficult situation he sees ahead of him. And so we can ask one another for prayer, for deliverance. And then verse four, or uh, number four, prayer for acceptance, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So again, there was a tension there between Paul and that church and Paul wanted to make sure that that meeting went well, and he was asking for prayer for that. And then finally, number five, prayer for joy and refreshing. That Verse 32, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So as he came together with the church, his prayer was that they would have joy and refreshing 
And how often have, have I been just kind of discouraged and weary and I come to a church meeting and I just leave refreshed and strengthened. I remember a, a, a years ago, this stronger believer exhorting me because I was telling him how, you know, I just, I just can't really make Sunday night service or I can't make this service because, man, I'm just too worn out. And he's, he said, you know what, if you come, just watch and see how you'll leave feeling stronger and refreshed. And so how often that has happened to me, I've learned over the years, don't miss that fellowship time because you're too tired. If you, if you step out and, and, uh, and put yourself in that place, God can bless you. I mean, I was, we were having a meeting here the other night with the leaders and, uh, Poor Hector, man, he looked kind of tired, and he's like, man, I've been up since like 3 o'clock this morning. But, you know, he showed up, and it was a blessing. So, you know, just some some points to think about this week in terms of fellowship. So let's pray. Lord, that we would examine our hearts related to fellowship, and, Lord, that we would be those who are committed to being with God's people on a consistent basis, overcoming the hindrances, having a desire, having a joy, being prayerful, being full of faith, being in the right spirit when we come, not just to receive but to give, having our radar up for the needs of those around us. And, Lord, if we're living like that, we're going to grow spiritually we're going to be a blessing to you, Lord. And so just speak to our hearts where there are, are areas of, of lack related to our, our fellowship commitment. Lord, as we now just go into a time of encouragement in the body, words of encouragement, prophecy, prayer, for others, Lord, that you would lead us and speak to us as we see in, in the body of Christ, Lord, this, this model in, the, in your word of coming together and having a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, whatever it is, Lord, that we, we want to see that in our body. And we just pray you would use us in Jesus' name. Amen.